This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's midweek. We're top of the league, unbeaten in the Pizza Cup. Come and join us for a slice of Blue Monday. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering all things Ipswich Town since 2015. This is a midweek Q&A. Joining me in a wonderful bucket hat is Joe Fares. How are you, mate? That is a rascal bit of gear you've got on. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. So I um I'd made one of these previously, or when I say made, I cut it. I got my wife to make it, but this one I sent off for. I I had a it's a fifteen sixteen home shirt which I sent off, and this came back. So sort of a bit of quality control to maybe try and make some more for myself, but it looks it looks a fair bit better to be fair. So it's it sort of put a dampener on my business plan. <laughs> yeah, maybe you could go for like the cheap the cheaper market, like the the wish. Yeah. <laughs> Problem is the shirts still you still have to pay for the shirts. So, yeah, that that is that know. is very true. This obviously is a live Q and A show, so without without the audience, it's just us having this chitter chatter. So let's dip into the, some comments early on. See who's watching. We've got Dan Connors is here, Charlie D, Michael Warner. Good morning, all from Brisbane. Michael, have you have you missed one of these yet? That's what I want to know. We've got a Guten Abend from Jim Elmy. And they're all sort of saying hello, hello to each other, aren't they? Do we think the so we'll come into those for a few questions later on, Joe. But yeah, twenty twenty four hours on from the Arsenal under twenty ones game in the Pizza Cup Trophy. How how do you reflect on it? It was another positive night for the club, wasn't it? Yeah, an, another good win. Like I say, we've we've not had the best record in these games in recent years. I think we've lost to well, we lost to Arsenal one year. We tuned it up and managed to get pegged back and draw and I think lost on penalties to them, lost to West Ham previously. So it's a bit of an embarrassment for the club, really, that used to go toe-to-toe to, against these first teams not that, not even that long ago. But, yeah, we we just totally stopped them, really, didn't we? Scored an early goal. I don't think they touched the ball by the time we scored and we just kept the pressure on. I think I, I, someone might be able to correct me, but I think other than the other than the free kick, which they had when Edmondson took the guy out sort of fairly cynically. I don't think they had a shot on goal. And even that was something that Ladke wasn't really too worried about. So we, we just, like I say, we just totally stopped them playing. We pressed them high. 
we on another night we we could have scored five or six. Ladapo could have could have scored five or six on another night, purely himself. So no, just a a pretty routine win, which is very unlike us in these games, isn't it? Yeah, it is an unusual feeling, but there's absolutely no reason why we can't can't go all the way in this competition. And and are there any downsides of of staying in the competition late? I, I think it's only upsides really for me in that you because because of the size squad we've got and the quality of the squad we've got that there's enough games for the players in there isn't there like if i know last night we played a few more senior players than normal in that we had sort of Ladapo, um chaplin and harness will play but it was it was still eight changes wasn't it from the from the weekend's game if you can make eight nine changes look as comfortable as we did i think it was nine changes against northampton we beat them six nil so it's uh I say every, everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone knows their role in the team, and we we just look pretty switched on when we change. And I say this is only against fellow League One and League Two teams, so we sh- we should be the best team in this. Like I say, and when you look at Sheffield Wednesday, and maybe maybe another option, but no no team other than Sheffield Wednesday have got a similar depth to what we've got in our squad. No. So we should be getting to the final knockings of this. And like I say, we don't want to be in this tournament, but while we are in it, mm. we should be looking to win it. Yeah, especially because all being well this season, we're not going to get a sniff at Wembley in the in the league. No, and also it does mean that if you get to the final there and you are in the playoffs, when you go to Wembley, it's not it's an it's not a new so experience. Much Japanese, there. Isn't there? Yeah, but you've sort of been there, and you it's not the players' first time they're playing there, where they want to get their family families there. They want to walk around the pitch, taking photos beforehand. It's something that they've done six weeks ago, and they just want to they just want to get on with it and hopefully should should help there. I know a few teams have been done that way and it has helped some and not helped others, but I, I don't see it's a downside having played at Wembley a few weeks before for, for players who've never played there. Hmm. Absolutely not. Let's let's dip back in and say hello to a few of the others. We've got Jake Saunders with us. Evening all. Romeo, good evening, everyone. David Bergen, hi, guys. And how are you? I'm very well, Joe. I played played nine holes this evening. Played all right. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I've just been to see Pepper Pig's big day out at Ipswich Regent, so it's pretty um pretty exciting day. Followed by a kebab. Or... <laughs> followed by a kebab. Talk me through well, your kebab order, Joe. Well, actually, it wasn't a kebab. I sort of played that. It was from the the Big Fat Olive, which is a Greek restaurant in town. So I just picked up a chicken skewers and f- flatbread and chips from there. So it wasn't quite as there, yeah, but it was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. Not 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 the sort of kebabs you have at the weekend. No, the no, it wasn't a dirty kebab. <laughs> For, uh, Luke Thornley, Romeo asks, are we Wembley bound? By the sounds of it, Romeo, Joe's already sort of working out <laughs> if, we, if we're going once or twice. I'm panicking a bit because I've got a half marathon that morning in London, so I'm already working out how, how I'm going to get across from the finish line there to Wembley for the afternoon. For the final. <laughs> probably won't be running, will you? Or maybe a kebab in hand, <laughs> jumping in an Uber or something like that. Andrus is with us. Mullet is with us. Charlie D can sense a Wembley day out. Frank says good day from Ottawa. Good day to you, Jack Saunders. Good reflection on McKenna that we still look organised when we make so many changes. That's been the the big difference this year, hasn't it, in these two Papa John's Trophy matches? Because in the past, we've always said, cool, what a decent team we've put out, even though we're putting out reserves and youngsters and things like that. Like this, The squad has always looked half decent, but we've looked so disorganised and we've struggled to create chances, haven't we? 
Yeah, well, we haven't been. Like I, say, I think under Lambert, we were quite organised, but it was quite a defensive system that we were quite organised in. Whereas sometimes you rely, and we, we relied on the quality of personnel at times there. But under Cook, I never felt we looked organised. But now with McKenna here, you know, every player knows their role, and you sort of listen to Vincent Young's sort of interview after the game, and it's, I love playing in this team, and you just, you can just see. Every player knows what they're playing, and that, that that doesn't matter if Vincent Young is playing in the Wes Burns role or the Genoa International role. He can play both of them and can play both of them equally well because he knows exactly what's expected of him, which whichever role he plays. And the balance in the midfield is really good, whether it's Don Ball and Cam Humphreys or Sam Morsey and Lee Evans, who was also at Peppa Pig's big day out earlier today. It's a <laughs> celeb spot, celeb spot for you. Um, and th- I don't know; they just seem to there's partnerships developing all over the pitch, but also. I don't know. Everyone, everyone just seems to know what they're doing, don't they? They do indeed. Just on Kane Vincent Young, Joe, is that the man you'd go with? Howard DK asks Edward Edwards or KVY to replace Burns on Saturday. He'd go for Vincent Young, especially as it's away from home. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with Howard on that and for the reasoning on it. I just think, I don't think Edwards did enough last night for me. I think he did okay and he did fine, but he didn't. He didn't grab that opportunity by the scruff of the neck. And whilst there was a chance for him to show he did it, I don't think he did enough for me. And Plymouth is a tough game, isn't it? They're sort of one of the best home sides in the league. And I think you need to have a defender who's maybe got sort of one eye on the back door rather than just attack in there. And yeah, for me, it would be Vincent Young. And he has played pretty well when he's had the chance this season, Vincent Young, hasn't he? Yeah, I thought he was really good, especially all through pre-season, probably one of our better players through pre-season. Mm. And I think he could probably sort of could argue he's a little bit unlucky that he hasn't played more games because West Burns hasn't been sort of putting up trees out. as he was last year and he mm. missed a couple of games where we, I think we played Caden Jackson in one of them, didn't we, in that right-wing-back yeah. role at Burton, which Jackson did okay, but as a team performance wasn't our best. But then no. Vincent Young played there against Shrewsbury, should have had... a early penalty and a red card within the first five minutes did a lot of good from there even at the back end of last season I remember he played away at crew got an assist and hmm. just I don't know he's, he's just a very good player isn't he he is yeah and it, it touch wood it looks like the injury problems are behind him although obviously he's not he's not having to to play as much as he was when when he was getting injured we've got a Sunderland fan with us we talked about Papa John's Trophy, they know all about going to Wembley, don't they, Sunderland fans? Jeff says, Sunderland fan here, you're going up this year, I hope. I, I sort of started to go for it with the accent and then realised I don't think I've got it quite nailed down. So no. Who, who's their new manager going to be, Thanks Sunderland? Have they announced anything on their new manager yet? But they're sitting quite pretty, aren't they, in the Championship at the moment? Mm. Yeah, good on them. Sean says, Sheffield Wednesday have lost two of their first games in the Pizza Cup and... Jack says they lost to a much-changed Burton team last night. Do you, do you think that might be signs that all is not well at Sheffield Wednesday or just that they're just not prioritising it at all? Well, well I think it's uh, probably an illustration that whilst they may have a little bit more quality when you look at someone like Barry Bannon, for example, and they managed to sign Michael Smith, who's a really good striker, and Hickway. They've got some really, really good players, but I don't think they're... I don't think they're as well organised as we are. I think we're a better team than they are. Well, they've probably got better players than us at the moment because they've still got a bit of a hangover from their championship, from their championship side that came down and they've and they've gone big and they're based in a real football hotbed in South Yorkshire. So you can pick up players like Smith, or Hickway from Rotherham mm. because they don't have to move house or or do anything. Yeah, 
Uh, so I, th- I think they're. I think they've probably got some better players than us. But I think we're a better organised team. And when you make the changes, like Jack said earlier, um, we just look so organised. Whoever plays, well, I, I don't think they looked particularly organised when they had their first eleven out. So I'd imagine their second eleven is less organised. There we go. We've managed to get this far in, I think, unless unless you've mentioned him in passing, without talking about Freddie Ladapo, and he was kind of the. The headline at from last night wasn't he, Joe? Actually, you did mention him because you said he could have scored five or six on a on another night. But let's let's get into the Ladapo predicament, I suppose you could call it. Dan Connors asked Ladapo brings a lot to the team, even when not scoring. If he can't get going in the league, what plan B would you go with? Is is it Tyrese John Jules or or is it Caden Jackson now? Well, when Caden Jackson plays, we generally played Tyrese John Jules as well, and. John Jules mm. seems to spend more time in the middle than Jackson. Jackson seems to play on that wide, on that wide striker role, doesn't he? When it, when he's played there, Some, sometimes a bit high, but he never plays just really central through the middle. But I, 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 I like the Dapper. I like what he's done so far this season on a general basis. But he's got, he's got to start scoring soon. And I know he scored last night, but he had so many chances last night, and it was almost mm. it almost felt like the team were just trying to set him up. Chaplin a couple of times Harness had when they had better options they tried to pass him the ball in areas and mm-hmm. he just got a lot of weak shots away and I so I looked at I looked at the stats today and people said oh he's there to create not just score but when you look at the X his XG in the team he's second only behind Caden Jackson total shots per 90 minutes he's second behind Connor Chaplin and then when you look at expected assists and chances created he's 10th or 9th or 10th in the team mm-hmm. so he's he's getting on the end of chances, but he's just not taking them. And whilst as a team we're scoring goals, at some point he's gonna ha- he's he's gonna have to start he's gonna have to start scoring. Or yeah. in these tight games against the bigger teams, you're not gonna you're not gonna get away with him missing as many chances as he has done. No. Absolutely not, even if even if we are defending really well. We're gonna gonna need him for at least Ten goals, you'd say, wouldn't wouldn't you? Yes, yeah, if you get in that twelve to fifteen range, it's it's okay as long as Chaplin and Harness keep scoring. But you can't imagine that Chaplin is going to keep scoring every other shot he has all season, are you? And then on the flip side, you can't imagine that Ladapo's not going to score any if he has another thirty shots. He's not going to score any. Hmm. The change change of pace here. Alex Corbett says he played eighteen this morning was bloody awful. So. My advice to you, Alex, aside from to not worry about it too much because it's it's a game to be enjoyed, is to contact Julian Julian Hughes on Twitter, our very own Julian Hughes, who, if you send him clips of you playing, he'll give you some some advice, um, video advice, um, and he's going to do that for me actually because I'm not playing as as well as I have been. That's enough golf for the show. Let's hope that Ben hasn't just tuned in for that bit. Ashley Lewis asks, evening gents, Joe, are you still keeping tabs on the academy prospects? I know that you're not paying quite as much attention. You haven't been able to get to as many games as you'd like to, but he's hearing good things about Aldney Morgan. Have you heard anything about him, Joe? Yeah, he's not someone, he's not someone I've seen a lot of, but he's now been promoted up into the under-19 squad with Northern Ireland. So he's he's obviously someone they highly rate in their setup. He scored his first goal for the under-18s at the weekend when we drew with Sheffield Wednesday. But he's like I say, he's not someone I've seen a lot of. But he is he's starting games as a first year scholar. Had a few appearances as an under sixteen. So that's that's always what you need to look out for. Who's who's actually playing the games and and the age groups are the ones playing. And, and if you're playing for the under for the under eighteens when you're still a first year scholar, you're doing well. 
if you're playing for the under-23s at that age, you're doing really well. He's not he's not there yet. So he's, he's one that is obviously got some sort of his highly rated and is, is playing games. So we'll, we'll see how he goes. But sometimes sometimes when you see the sort of international um, appearances that they get, it does elevate players that maybe aren't aren't the ones that are actually kicking on at the club level because you just hear so much more about them because they're playing international football. But that's not that's not to say he isn't playing well because I, I haven't seen him for us this year. But I'd just be a bit wary sometimes of watching, looking at the internationals, unless they're in an England squad, which the competition is huge for. Mm. And there was another debutant from the academy last night, wasn't there, Joe? Was, yeah. was that pleasing to see? Or would you have liked to have seen more? I would still like to see a, a couple more, but... I guess it's good that we had Zizabo and Alexander got good minutes in the tie against Northampton and it was Gerard Gerard Buabo's first game last night. And he's a player that sort of came into the academy system really late, came in as an under sixteen and sort of within a few weeks of signing, he was sort of leading the line on his own against Liverpool in the FA Youth Cup semi final. And I think when Statman spoke to Adamate and Kieran Dyer, they basically said he'd never been to Portman Road Stadium before when he was there and having to sort of turn it up for the BT Sport cameras to play Liverpool there and gave a decent account of himself. And again, a player who's he's still an under 18, playing pretty regularly now for the under 23s and pushing on into the first team is good. But Sometimes this means that a player hasn't signed a contract and they want him to sign once they give him a little taste of the first team action to try and put a bit of pressure on that way as well to show that they rate him. So there's always a lot of moving parts going on behind the scenes on these players. Absolutely. And I guess that's why you one week you see one and then the next week you see you see the other. There's always a, a plan going on, isn't there? Hmm. Um, def- definitely these days. Just dipping back into the, the right wing-back um, issue. Do you, think, do you think it will be a wing-back, Joe? Or, or do you, could could we maybe go back to a back four? I think we've played a back four more than we've played a back three this season. But it's just mm. it's it's still going to be a right sided player, which I think Vincent Young can be, which I think Kyle Edwards can be, and which Caden Jackson has been. But I think it will be between Vincent Young and Edwards, and I think they'll play that role that Wes Burns plays, which has been more of a winger than a wing back this season, but. I guess whoever you play gives you slightly different qualities, which slightly adapts the role, doesn't it? Just because of how they naturally play. Hmm. We've got, we've got the trio of opinions here because a, a says that he's with Howard and wants KVY. Mullet likes Edwards, pure chaos. He'd, he'd be picking him to play down at, down at Plymouth. And we even got a shout for Caden Jackson. He did actually. I know it wasn't a great performance overall at Burton, but Jackson played well that night in that position, didn't he? Yeah, it was, it was the team that struggled there, but then you, mm. it did the team struggle because of he lacked a bit of the balance in there, but he still worked bloody hard. He was getting back and doing his defending, wasn't he? And getting up the other end of the pitch. So, yeah, I don't think there was any sort of faults of his performance in that game. Okay, and this is a complete change of subject here. How realistic is a higher-up club trying to pry McKenna away. Is it just idle speculation, Joe? Are you at all worried? Not at the moment. I, I'm not. I think that ultimately all he's doing is playing some really good football with the side with a huge budget in the league here, isn't he, at the moment? There are there are factors, like the fact he's previously been at Tottenham, previously been at Man United, worked with some world-class players in that time, clearly highly rated in the game, clearly highly intelligent, that are going to make him more attractive than somebody who's doing well in this league that maybe doesn't have that background. But when you look at the 
sort of clubs above us in the league. There's what 44 teams in the Premier League and the Championship. I'd say probably the bottom 15 of them wouldn't be able to attract him from us. Maybe even more than that. Bottom 16, 18 wouldn't be able to attract him from us. The the top 10 wouldn't want to attract him from us. So you sort of narrowed it down in that in that middle range there to sort of maybe sort of Southampton at the top end and a I don't know like a West Brom at the bottom end of that. And I think it, in that sort of 15, 20 clubs that could attract him and would want him, you'd guess probably half of them probably aren't stable enough to want to kick Ipswich aside to go there. It's not like Rob Edwards going from Forest Green to Watford, where he's probably times his salary by 10 to go there. I'm sure McKenna's probably earning really good money here. It would have taken a really good offer for him to leave Man United to come here. So I'm not worried at the moment. I'm, I'm sure at some point he's going to be looked at by bigger clubs, maybe when we're in the championship and a stable club, a maybe Brighton have sort of got a bit ahead there, but a West Ham or a Southampton or a team like that in, in that, in that echelon, if we were sort of punching above our weight in the championship and struggling to get out of that league, then I think that would be the time. But I don't, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any realistic risk at the moment of it happening. No, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Now, Joe, we've managed to do 20 minutes of this show without plugging our live show, which is coming up. Really excited about that one. It's it's a a location that you know very well as well, isn't it? Yeah, the Sir Bobby Robson suite. The only issue I've got is that they've said that the diners there have to leave between the game finishing and the show starting. So I think that feels like it's been very aimed at me rather than anyone else in that <laughs> in that specific terms and conditions. But yeah, something we're really looking forward to. I don't know if Richard announced it on here, but we had it all provisionally booked, ready to go. And then it was going to be after the Derby game and then Sky moved the Derby game to the Friday night. So we then had to frantically hope that the club didn't, didn't want us to honour our date and <laughs> the club were really good about it and said, no, yeah. no that's fine, obviously. We're, we're going away. So we um, it's now after the Cheltenham game, isn't it? Which is, tell me the date, Mikey, I don't know it. I think it's the 12th of November, Joe. 12th of November. Yeah. Yeah, so I think... Are you, Sat- are you, Sat- are you going to be there? Saturday is the Cheltenham game. I'm going to be there. I fly yeah. out to Qatar two days later. But Yeah, I think, I think we can nearly all make I think we can nearly all make it. I think... Most of the team will be there, and yeah, it'll yeah. be a really good night. We did the one in the Curve Bar a few years ago, and then obviously we've had a f- little thing called COVID and a pandemic hit since then, which has sort of mm. scuppered any future plans. But no, it'd be great to get everyone out there. I think tickets are selling well already. I know a lot of the guys in our Telegram are um, coming along, so it's sort of a real good community. So yeah, it's just it's just a case of just getting everyone there, selling out our tickets, everyone there, and having that couple of beers and. A couple of beers afterwards and yeah just have a good chat about all things Ipswich Town yeah it's just going to be a great night so yeah if you if you would like to join us and, and buy a ticket or buy a ticket for a friend or a family member if you visit our website bluemondayitfc.co.uk and then you, you should see this come up on your screen for those of you watching Blue Monday Live from Portman Road tickets on sale now click here to purchase um, so yeah hope to see as many of you there as, as possible and yeah, I mean, it's going to be available as a podcast afterwards for, and we appreciate not everyone's going to be able to make it. Um, but yeah, for those of you that are coming, we look forward to meeting you. Um, got our first super sticker of the night. <laughs> David Bergen. Is that what a man. 
Thank you very much, I think David. He he's hoping to be over in April for a game. So, yeah, it'd be great we, to meet. We David. will see him, and we'll we'll all owe David a beer for his generosity. Absolutely. Michael Warner asks: Is the live show going to be shown online? I I think it's unlikely that it's going to be shown live on YouTube. I think logistically that's going to be very difficult. I think I'll leave it to Rich to explain whether there's going to be video of it or not because it's obviously slightly diff- different to to our usual setup. But there'll I think definitely what we be. Did last time wasn't it? We um we didn't record it and then we released it as a podcast, didn't we? So yeah. I think at the very least we'll be releasing it as a podcast. Hmm. Nick Muller's joined us. He says, nice hat, Joe. <laughs> Shame about the Marcus Spons Evans, there. really, isn't it? Look at that. Let's go back into the the Ladapo conversation. He's been he says he's been involved in so many goals, at least he doesn't hide when things aren't going well. And it's a good sign that he gets so many chances, isn't it? Yeah, no. Ad Croucher says, "Amazing how he responded to the North Stand chance by scoring." Yeah, I, I don't know what people thought about the chance on that, but I was a bit. I was I was down in the South Stand, and when that was when it was the if the Dapo scores were on the pitch chant, I was thinking, this is not helpful to him because it's not a it wasn't a particularly raucous atmosphere. You could hear everything, but like I was at the very back row of the South Stand low and could hear it all clearly, and it got to it got to a bit of a sort of joke situation really but then it sort of picked up it was like we love you freddie we do and then all the other songs about ladapo and so it sort of i think it i think it just about got recovered and then ladapo missed another couple of chances there and it sort of was I, you could tell he was sort of getting frustrated but then as buabo was standing on the pitch ready to come on for him he scored which, with what proved to be his final touch. And had he not scored that, that would have been his final touch that he hadn't scored. And I think maybe it wouldn't have gone down as well as it did in the end, if that makes sense. I think that they mm. walked a tightrope, but I don't think it was particularly helpful personally. No. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, he, he, he keeps getting involved. He keeps trying to do the right things. But like I say we worked, we worked really hard to try and turn George Hurst in the summer and he got away. They went after Will Keane and... They thought they, I think they thought they were quite close to him, but did it, didn't make it. And then we end up with sort of Gasan Academy, who had a good game against us previously, but isn't in the same ballpark as George Hurst or Will Keane, is he? And if you're if you're trying to sign one of those players right up to the end of the window, that's all right from the start of the window, right till the end of the window. You are you obviously we obviously wanted another more senior option up front. So unless Ladapo is going to get us. 10 goals probably by January, you'd imagine we're going to be back in the market for another senior striker unless Gassan had me has really impressed people and mm. has done more than you'd expect him to. But the sort of the ball the ball is in to the ball is in Ladapo's court, isn't it? To for yeah. him to try and score and score goals and make himself undroppable. But I don't know, he's it's just, it's just frustrating because he he is getting a lot of chances. He is playing well generally. He's not had a couple of great games, but you you can't say as a strike in the team if you're just going to be a six or seven out of ten every week and not score any goals, are you? you you're not going to no. you're not going to survive. And he knows that. We know that. And a lot of people sort of want to talk up his contribution. And while the contribution is fine, it's not it's not a contribution that's going to keep you in the team. Which is why Jackson's played more games recently and why John Jules has played up front. Indeed, the other goal scorer last night, Joe, hasn't hasn't started in the league yet, as far as I'm aware. That's Don Ball. 
Michael Warner asked, does he ever give the ball away? We're so lucky to have him. How long before he starts, even as part of the back three? Yeah. Could you could you could you see him getting a league game fairly soon, Joe? It's difficult because I think Morsey and Evans have been so good, haven't they? And Morsey is not is going to play every game when he's fit. Evan, yeah. I don't know what you thought when I, when the season started. I expected it to be to Morsey and Ball as our central I, two. I and... thought it would be Morsey and Ball. But whilst Ev- not Ev- Evans yeah. was given the chance at the start, Ball was injured, wasn't he? And and Evans has been fantastic. Yeah, Evans Evans has taken a chance with both hands, hasn't he? And mm. that's what you've got to do when you're in a really competitive squad. When you get a chance, you've got to make sure you take it. And I think that's the difference. Let's say what we were just talking about, Ladapo there. He's had the chances and he hasn't taken it. But fortunately for him, he hasn't really got people sort of of a similar style pushing him in his position, where if Lee Evans was a six or seven out of ten every week, Don Ball would be in the team by now because when he's played, he's looked really good. And yeah. I thought I, said, I thought he was really good again last night. I, had, I made him my man of the match. It was his ball for Ladapo's goal. He scored one. He had another shot well saved by the keeper. As um, Michael said, he, he doesn't really give the ball away. I think he did a couple of times in the last five minutes, but that was the first time I noticed him doing it. He, he plays... Um, sort of really interesting pass in that everyone's looking one way and he sort of manages to sort of play the ball the other way and keep it moving there. And he's, he's very, very mobile as well as a player, big, good size, good strength. No, he, he looks a really good player. And I think Lee Evans is going to want to hold on to that place in the team because I think if he drops out of the team, he's not going to get it back very quickly when you see how Don Ball's played. Absolutely. But yeah, definitely worse problems to have. We've, we've had a bit of a boo-boo here, Joe. I, yeah, I saw that Tony comment. Tony Mowbray came is, in and just of course, the Sunday yeah. manager. We've discussed that. I believe he might have worn one of those shirts behind you at some point, Joe. That that yes, he did. That one above your right shoulder. Oh, no, it's always backwards <laughs> on the mirror. Flip, flips it over, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, there. No, Mogga, great guy, and they played some nice stuff as well. I saw. I actually saw his first game in charge. I think it was on Sky, and yeah, he's a he's a really good manager. Really. Um, Adapt, adaptable and sort of versatile manager with his styles and I think he'll be a really good appointment there so apologies for forgetting that but and good luck to Mogga up there absolutely good luck Mogga when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Tommy Lane, I think the only piece of summer business will depend entirely on Luco's fitness come January. I think he might mean January business. Um, feel like we may be missing someone behind the striker on the bench. We don't have... It's, obviously, we've lost to Luco. He's quite a, a, a key finisher, wasn't he, Joe? Do, do you, first of all, do, are we missing him, do you think? And if he isn't fit in January, will we look to replace him? I, th- I think it's it's the type of player he is, isn't he? That he's someone that c- can come on and be so comfortable on the ball and really help you retain possession in tight areas where as good as Chaplin and Harness have been, and like I say they've got 11 goals between them this season, so you're not going to find me criticising them, but they are, they are players that like to make things happen. And sometimes when you're trying to protect a lead, you want someone who can just get on the ball rather than someone who's trying to turn it around the corner and flick it past someone, do stuff all the time. You just want someone to get the ball, hold it hold it up, sl- slow it down and and move it on. And that's what Luca is very good at. Maybe a player like that is someone we, not that we really played a style on Saturday that allowed ourselves to do that. But yeah, I, I think we, we do miss a player like that and it's going to be very hard to replace him. So we have to, we just have to hope he is back fit there because yeah. trying to find a player of that quality who can come in is going to be very difficult. Hmm. Rich says we're TBC on the audio video for the live event. And Michael says maybe Joe can have a GoPro on his hat for it. <laughs> yeah. We, I, I'll, I'll make sure I turn it off when the show finishes rather than follow me into town. So you're, are you going to be in shirt and tie, Joe, for the for the live show? Presumably because you'll have been in the Bobby Robson suite. All no, no it's, it's more casual there, to be fair. It's, it's just no football shirts, ripped jeans or trainers. So I'll be oh, Okay, fine. so bucket hats are allowed. Um, I don't know about whether they're allowed in there, but I'm, I'm sure they are. Bucket hats and um, high-vis vests. Indeed. Mullet says they're perfect for a northern away days, that hat too. It needs to be a flat cap, doesn't it? Yeah, and, but it keeps the rain off you, doesn't it, like in Manchester, which is always there. <laughs> My mum's watching. Old Jude. Hi, son from Shropshire. <laughs> she's enjoying her... Well, ju- judging by the spelling, she's enjoying her holiday. Um <laughs> Romeo says, didn't like the North Stand chant. England Dapper showed a lot of characters to rise above it. Nice reaction after he scored. Yeah, it was the only good ending that could have happened. Yeah, really I, close I, to not getting it, weren't we? I, yeah, I, I think it ended up okay, but I think it was it was silly and not helpful. But it ended up okay. Hmm. Jules, so Jules is talking about Ian Westlake here who's just been absolutely fantastic on i follow this season you you're you're at most of the games I haven't, Josie, probably haven't heard much of him but yeah he's been fantastic he says arsenal dropped their right back into midfield and west lake was saying that's a tactic that you hardly see which nullified us for 20 minutes after mckenna saw this is it something he might try next season it's a little bit of like a man city thing isn't it could you could you maybe see Danassian? moving into midfield at times? I think maybe if you had Vincent Young there, to be honest, I think it, it might work better. I don't think Dinashian's got the sort of passing range and sort of all-round game to move into midfield, where I think Vincent Young could sit into that holding midfield role and play quite well there. But no, no, I thought the right-back was impressive. He, right, and very early on, he had this... He made Marcus Harness look very silly when he tried to press him one side, just down on the touchline. And yeah, he looked a really, really quality player, that one. Indeed. Dan Connor says Morsley's on three yellows already, so not far off a one-match suspension. That's when not as much a worry now we have ball, is it? 
No, it's not. And especially if we can get Kamara fit as well. Mm. Humphreys, yes. he hasn't been mentioned, but he was superb again last night. Mm. Yeah, well, we will see. And Michael Warner says ball played really well with Humphreys. We haven't really spoken about him yet, but another really assured performance from him. From the little glimpses that I've seen, he looks a little bit in the mould of Andre Dezeljo. Is that a fair comparison? I think he's just a lot more athletic, isn't he? He gets up and down the pitch there, but he, he likes to get on the ball and pass it, where Dezel is a better passer than most players you'll see. But there's just a couple of times where he just uses his body just to drop shoulders and the ball's rolled into him from the keeper and there's a player right on his back and he doesn't even just touch the ball. He just lets it roll past him, drops his shoulder, goes round him and just starts playing. It's just... That absolute, like you saw on the Arsenal team, that just supreme confidence to just keep trying things and keep keep wanting the ball when you're under a load of pressure, wins the ball back, really combative, uses the ball well. Yeah, he's a special player, so nice to see a bit more of him if we get the chance. Absolutely. And yeah, please do keep getting these comments in, these questions in. We'll, we'll, we'll stay live for as long as there's plenty of questions coming in. AD Crouch is not worried about McKenna going anywhere. He said that he's here to do a job. McKenna's at the wheel. Feel feel good is is just it's surely he is enjoying the job, Joe. Ultimately, and he and he's got money to spend and a, a team that he can really mould. Yeah, the club did come in. Do you think he'd maybe decide against going? It's going to have to take an exceptional offer to get him away from what he's got here, isn't it? It's it's not a, and I'd imagine there's probably an exceptional amount of compensation to pay as well. I, I can't imagine there's something in there that he can go cheaply, but. He's moved his family down here. His kids have started school down here. He's committed to this job 100%. Ipswich have committed to Kieran McKenna 100%. And it's going to take a a brilliant offer for him to go. Obviously, those brilliant offers do exist, but I don't think they're going to exist at the time when he hasn't actually got us out of this league. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think he's got to prove something because the calibre of clubs that, are, that would be able to get him away from us are few and far between. And they, they're going to want more than just playing good football in League One, aren't they? Mm. Indeed. Sean Calvert follows up on the, the Arsenal right-back thing. He says it was Sweet who moved into midfield to pick up a number 10 and they pushed players wide and high to pin KV Wine-Davis. It's obviously smart smart coaching from the from the Arsenal coaches. It's exactly what you'd expect, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't think they managed to pin Davis particularly well. I thought he was I thought he was really good again. I think he's imp- improving every every game. He's looking really, really good. You can see why we spent a million pounds on him, can't you, in the in the summer now. It yeah. seemed a lot of money at the time, but mm. he looks a class class act. Yeah, I think that some somebody's already made the comparison between between him and Aaron Cresswell. And yeah, that seems the most obvious one, doesn't it? They they play very similar it, style. But it's it's sort of later Cresswell, isn't it? It's not it's not he doesn't look as raw as Cresswell did when he came in. He already looks very obviously he's got the mm. a, the experience of playing for, for Leeds, doesn't he, and everything. But mm. yeah, he's, and he's not and he's in League One as well, not the championship. Mm. Yeah, that is a fair fair comment. Jules says, when you're comparing a top six Premier League team of youngsters, Humphrey stood out as good as any of them. Thought the standout player was Matt Smith for them. Yeah, Smith was good, wasn't he? He just moves the ball, keeps it moving, gets on the ball and just just, just ticks it over all game. I thought the other, I think, was he 50, was he? Or I think 55 played well, 50 and 55 played well and that sweet as well was good. 
but I'd sort of forgotten all their names by the time the sort of game <laughs> ended. I sort of um, referred to my team sheet a few times, but when he got to number ninety-three, who was <laughs> another uh, the fourth double-barreled name in the in the team, it's like you haven't got a hope of remembering these names. <laughs> and what, what do you think of Arsenal's blackout kit, Joe? As good as ours? Yeah, no, I, it was a really nice kit, wasn't it? The only thing that confused me—not confused me, but at the other end, like Vaslav Hladky wearing the dark green goalkeeper mm. kit with dark green shorts and dark green socks against black, black and black. I, 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 he should have worn the other one, to be fair. Mm. So the referees had a shocker with his um, kit choice there. Yeah, I think didn't uh, Walton wear his green one against somebody? Who, who was it? We last played in midweek. Bristol Rovers. No, I don't think it was Bristol Rovers. Maybe it was. There was definitely a game where he was, maybe it was the Saturday game. Um, where where he was wearing a kit that was the same green kit and it clashed with the opposition. But yeah, it's mm. not come to me. So apologies for that. Charlie D, not a football question. What is next to happen around the ground and the club? We've had a new TV screen, etc. What else do we need? Well, it's been it's been a big investment made up at the training ground. Like I'm, we're doing a job on Playford Road, and I'm sort of looking over <laughs> sort of the fence and what was this sort of bare field which was previously where the sort of the under 18s pitch was around there has had been sort of like totally stripped down a massive amount of irrigation and the amount of money they must have spent on this bit of land it's now looking lush so i'd imagine the next thing is going to be the first team moving across from the bent lane side to the playford road side and some sort of serious infrastructure spending up there on that exciting stuff exciting stuff all of the infrastructure getting that in place mullet says he'd like to see safe standing don't think is there is there anyone in the championship that's got safe standing in place yet because a lot of the premier league clubs do now not league i I know that shrewsbury have it in league one don't they okay but is is that something you could see happening or is it just not something that would be prioritized joe i'm I'm not sure that because the only place you put it is a north stand lower and I'm, I'm I'm sure somebody mentioned once before that the way the steps are set up, that you'd have to almost like totally reset the concrete base there to get more seats oh, wow. in there, or you wouldn't you wouldn't really get many more than what you've got in there currently. You you, you might only get an extra like three hundred or something like that, which for the cost of changing it isn't going to be worth it. So I, I don't think it's something that's imminent. Okay, so it won't be done for safety reasons then. No, no, it would just be. To, for commercial reasons if we can hmm. just going back into Leif Davis A says he, he's very good going forward but some really rash challenges when defending and Dan Connors adds he commits more fouls per 90 than anyone else in the squad is that an area of his game that he maybe needs to to look at Joe or are you or are you happy to see someone that's quite blood and thunder I think he could be a member of the um, current cabinet because he's quite handsy isn't he when he defends so He's someone that just likes to get his hands on people's shirts and pulls and generally gets away with it there. But it's uh, it's I think it's just something you learn to push how much you can get away with. You take the fouls. He hasn't he hasn't really had any. I don't, well, I'm sure Dan will correct, but I don't think he's been booked more than a couple of times as well. So whilst he's fouling, he's just doing doing ones he can get away with more. Mm. Michael Warner says, Davis always seems to be limping after about an hour. Same with ball at the end of the game. Not fully fit, or is it just how they walk? Or is it they're just giving everything? Well, Davis does seem to pick up an injury every single game, doesn't he? In that mm. he's always 
whenever he does suffer, which is a big physical exertion, he always seems to sort of struggle for the next couple of minutes after that. So I don't know whether it's the case of not being fully fit or whether he just is more injury prone. That's why he's not played as many games in his career. It's, it's, it's hard to tell, isn't it? But he's he's always he's always struggling a bit with injuries, it seems. Ball, I think he's only played twice. And the first time he had a dead leg after two minutes, so that was why he was limping at 90. But I think that is a little bit just his natural gait. Okay. Luke Saucepan says, Davis was brought off at the weekend before he was going to get sent off. Um, he says, yeah, it's a good point. We're not good at defending from the fouls. We're still not particularly good at defending set pieces. Dan Connors says, Davis is on three yellows, same as Morsey. But yeah, Greg Lee will be back by the by the time that happens. And I think we're all quite excited about seeing Greg Lee have a run of games, aren't we, Joe? Yeah, he's he's been really good for us, hasn't he? And he's played a part in nearly every game so far this season, whether it's sort of from the start, starting eleven or off the bench. Hmm. He's he's someone that's I say when we looked at the left back spot last year when you had sort of Colson not really playing well, Penny not really being up to it. Bailey Clements having a few games and struggling by the end of that. Vincent Young playing there, Denashian playing there, Burgess starting the games there, Dominic Thompson there, who didn't really do enough for me. And then we've signed Greg Lee and Leif Davis. Yeah, admittedly, Leif Davis was a million pound, but Greg Lee was a free transfer from Morecambe. And it feels like we've got really, two really, really good left backs there. Mm. Yeah, definitely a, a really strong position for us. We'll talk about England in a little bit, Joe, because that's a position that England aren't looking particularly strong at at the moment. In other football news, thoughts on Paul Warren to Derby? I can't say that I've noticed that one. Maybe that broke when I was playing golf. Is that a rumour, Joe, or has that happened? Well, Liam Rosinia is no longer their interim manager. He has been... I don't know whether he's been sacked, but he's still at the club. So he's But he's no longer their interim manager, has been announced. And okay. the rumour is that, Keir, that that Paul Warren is the is the new manager, or is going to be the new manager at Derby. You'd, you'd imagine if... If um, Liam Rosinia has been sort of effectively removed from his position as interim manager, they wouldn't be doing that unless they had someone else lined up instantly. Mm. You can't imagine they'd just do that for no reason because if he's going back onto the coaching staff, he'd probably be taking the team at the weekend anyway. So you'd imagine someone is coming and the John Percy's, who's very well connected at Derby, has picked it up. A few other of the Midlands journals have picked up that it's going to be Paul Warren. So, yeah, interesting. I'd, um, I, I think the owners were always going to get their new man in because they'd left Liam Rosinia as an interim for a sort of a huge amount of time. He, mm. They obviously didn't want him to be their manager and he was just they were just sort of giving him enough rope to hang himself with it seems. But no, Paul Warren, good appointment. I'd rather him have stayed out of League One because he's yep. got a great record at this league. Derby got a decent squad so yeah I'd, I'd, I'd rather him not be their manager if possible but we'll see. Is it a completely different change in style? Because Liam Rossini is quite a quite a modern coach, isn't he? And Paul Warren is more sort of meet meet and drink League One football. Yeah, I, I, I think there's an element of that as well. There's uh, like Liam Rossini seems a very technical technical coach, doesn't he? And hmm. um, sort of very competent. But then Warren's very emotionally intelligent, isn't he? When you see him talk, and there's been a really good yeah. um, podcast series on BBC called The Moment of Truth, where it's followed Paul Warren and Carl Robinson for the last sort of four months of last season, and sort of an episode each week narrated by James Nesbitt. Really, really, really good listening if anyone hasn't listened to that. But Paul Warren comes just across as just the nicest bloke and just really, really such a nice guy. And But Obviously, gets his players running through brick walls for him. So, yeah, he'll be a dangerous uh, 
dangerous manager to have in this league. Mm. Yeah, a nice guy for a Norwich fan. Uh, James Cottam, how have the under-23s looked this season under McGreal? Have you seen much of them, Joe? No, I've sort of been relying on Sean, who's in the comments, who's been giving me some brilliantly detailed reports on it. And from from all accounts, that we're playing a very similar style to the first team. We're playing well, um, scoring goals. There's a, f- a few players are standing out in there. And yeah, it's just been a... We've sort of carried on from last season where we had a really good year. But no, I can't add much more than that. Sorry. Alex Corbett says that old cliche our left back situation is like buses I really like both of our current options which does bring me we'll just chat about England a little bit as this is an international break Joe are you particularly interested in these these are the indeed the last England matches before the World Cup aren't they and what what needs to be done between now and the World Cup for England to have a decent chance of getting somewhere in the World Cup I guess you. I guess the key thing you've got to work out is probably who's going to play and what shape you're going to have in the central midfield because it's been. You'd say Declan Rice is nailed on to start there, and it's and we generally have been playing the three four three. So, but I don't think you can start Calvin Phillips. He hasn't got. Well, he's not fit, is he? At no. for a start, he wasn't fit all last season. When he has been fit, he hasn't really got going at Man City at all this year. So it leaves you sort of with Jude Bellingham, who's or Jordan Henderson or James Ward-Prowse. But mm. I'd like to see Jude Bellingham get that chance alongside Declan Rice. I think they'd be a really good pairing, but I could I could probably imagine it's probably going to end up being Jordan Henderson for what he can give you there. And it does lend yourself to set, set yourself up more defensively, doesn't it? Free, free at the back, you'd imagine it's going to be, because I don't think you can trust any of John Stones, Eric Dyer, Harry Maguire. I don't think you can trust any of them to play as a two. Um, so I think you're going to end up with a three there, and I think you're going to end up with Declan Rice. Probably going to be Walk- Walker in that back three as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, probably Walker on the right side of that. Stones in the middle and Maguire on the left. I think mm. it's been our best our best team for a long time with England. Yep. Left back, you've not, Luke Shaw's not playing well at all, is he? If, if he's no, even playing. Chilwell's probably not going to play much. He's probably not going to be back playing. Into, just come back into it there. You've got a lot of options mm. at right back, but so I wonder whether you even... I wouldn't be too adverse to seeing Declan Rice and Rhys James sitting in the centre of midfield there. I think Rhys mm. James could play that role. He plays more centrally sometimes for Chelsea. He gives you a little bit more in there than Jordan Henderson while maybe not losing the sort of defensive capabilities that he's got, but we'll see. Mike Warner says someone has to teach Alexander-Arnold how to defend. Don't think yeah. he's going to get a look in. No, and I, and I, I think we... The team and the squad that Southgate's put together has overperformed for the last sort of two tournaments. Um, people talk about easy groups, but it's still not easy to get out to get out of these groups and win stages and get to win knockout games. So we'll um, see how it goes. But I think you just got to trust him to go with players and a similar system to what we've done in previous tournaments. And international teams don't go out and blitz the opposition anymore, no. do they? It's, it's all very cagey there, but. We'll see. We've got some good players. Just it's just hoping that we can go into it with Harry Kane fit, Declan Rice fit, Jack Grealish fit, Phil Foden, Foden Mason Mount. These guys you want Sterling. them to be fit. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully one or two of them will come into a little bit of form between now and then as well. So that's enough, enough England stuff. Charlie D asked, "Would we like an ITFC fly on the wall documentary like the Wrexham one, but better?" As, as interesting as I find these documentaries, I, I think I'd rather wait until it's an all or nothing one, Joe, when we're flying high in the Premier League in a few years. 
Yeah, that would be better, wouldn't it? They're, they're a lot more slick, slicker produced there as well. The more puff pieces for the club rather than mm. gritty documentaries, aren't they? But no, I think I think it's one of those ones that, in a way, you'd love to see it, but in another way, it's just too far behind the curtain, isn't it? Definitely. And A, a says, prefer to keep as low profile as possible. Don't want to highlight how good Kieran McKenna is. Especially when you see last time Mark Ashton was on TV in a programme called The Office where he played a guy called David Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Right, Let's. Uh, there, there was an England question in there. Trippier, Trent or Rhys James? For me, it's probably Rhys James right on the right side and Trippier at the left at the moment. Yeah, Rhys James, I think, is the best of those three. But Tripp has been good, hasn't he, for Newcastle yeah. and then, then got injured and missed a few games. But no, Rhys James, for me, is our best right back. Indeed. Charlie D says Ashton turned one down. So is there maybe rumours that... Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of clubs asking a lot of these things. Some, like I say, some of these are good. I think the just watched the Academy programme with Crystal Palace, which has been yeah. on Channel 4. That's been, that's been really good. And Palace have come out of that looking really good. Mm. But... I say when you see the Sunderland one, the other other ones, the clubs in this league, and you, you just think, oh, this is you're just making yourself look stupid. Indeed. And how many times have we now heard that Wilfred Zaha soundbite? It's a dog eat dog world in elite football. It's like he did a sit down interview for maybe three minutes, and they've just had to quick keep yeah. using that same quote every single it's, time. It's in the sort of um, opening of the program, isn't it? As well. So. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, really enjoyable documentary. Have you read any good football books recently, Joe, or any other football documentaries? I really enjoyed the Arsenal All or Nothing. I thought that's probably the best of the. the uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've never got through all the All or Nothings. I, I just find them. I, I enjoy them, and I like the Man City one with Pep and that. But I just find them just too polished almost now. Mm. I, I think because because I've watched a lot of American sports, I'm used to seeing sort of like the hard knocks and the NFL All or Nothings. That they just follow such a such a sort of formula that it's just they just don't feel that real like the very first all or nothing was a nfl one la rams where the head coach is sacked mid-season which doesn't really happen in the nfl much and they're in the meeting where he goes in to tell the whole squad i've just been i've just been fired and he like there's players in tears he he looks like he's sort of choking it back and and you just think you're not going to get this access in in a documentary about that when mm. Mourinho was sacked at Tottenham you're not going to get him going and telling the squad he's just been sacked and mm. the sort of real raw emotional reaction from it so no yeah the that. only good one in the Tottenham one was the Danny Rose team meeting with Jose Mourinho where you actually saw him throwing a bit of a wobbly about not getting a chance at left back and Mourinho basically just saying get on with it yeah but, but books wise I've, I've sort of read a few a guy called Ryan Baldy and a book called The Next Big Thing which is about um, academy football sort of predictably but no really good really good um sort of they're following on from guys like every boy's dream and um the michael calvin one i can't remember what, which that was called in the which had the which had the um tv program made at bt sport but that that was really good I, but like i said i read i read dominic ball's book as romeo's just mentioned there and, and yeah. that's that's a good read there kira mckenna gets mentioned at the start of that as his coach and you you find out how many times that Dominic Ball and Ipswich Town sort of pass sort of paths crossed previously where his his older brother who signed for Norwich was with Ipswich for quite a while. Um and then when he was released from Watford he had five trials and one of which was at Ipswich who offered him a deal. And then when he went to Tottenham, he 
Brian Klug was there as his academy manager and Kieran McKenna was there and they're sort of just back and forth. There's there's so many sort of times where their paths cross with Ipswich. So it's sort of good that, or in, interesting that he signed now after sort of the, the times when that happened. Mm. Okay, so reliable Twitter source saying Warren to Derby is now all but done. What, was that was that Henry Armstrong, Rich, that posted that? Well, it asked if it's EFL hub. <laughs> Michael Warner recommends get the okay. John Percy is uh, who's going with it. So. I'd mentioned that earlier on the stream. Okay, <laughs> Michael Warner, get the sheep off the pitch. It's a book about non-league football. There you go. There's a. There's a couple of good ones by Harry Pearson, um, really old book called The Far Corner, which is about sort of football in the northeast. And I think he's done another one about the southwest as well, but I can't be sure. Okay. Uh, so one one final plug from us. There's, there's going to be, of course, a pre-match show ahead of the Plymouth game, which is Sunday. Don't forget, that's live on Sky. Is it a 12.30 kickoff, Joe? Yeah, I think it's 12.30. I think there's yeah. over a 1,000 Ipswich fans travelling down there anyway, which is absolutely brilliant. And yeah, the the pre-match show, I think it's with Rich and Seb. It's not going to be live this time, but it will be available on Friday for those of you that that want to get the lowdown on Plymouth and just enjoy Rich and Seb's friendly friendly banter. So, Joe, any last words from you? Well, I just think, as you just mentioned there, what an, what an unbelievable turnout there is. Over a 1,000 fans mm. going down to Plymouth on a Sunday 12.30 kickoff for a game that's on Sky. Sort of just shows what an incredible, incredible fan base we've got. Mm. Absolutely. One last uh, book recommendation, Carl Fuller's Town on the Telly book, which works perfectly, works perfectly ahead of Sunday, doesn't it? Because we're, we're live on Sky. When was the last time we were live on sky joe was there one game last season was it rotherham away yes it was yeah yeah i think we like i say we've only lost three only won three out of our last 35 on sky i've also ordered my book from carl maybe we'll get carl on the pod to talk about his book so I'll that would be good more work to do on that but no, I'm, sure, I'm sure that'd be a really good book for forward by matty holland and hmm. just some i'm sure there'd be some great stories in there but yeah i've ordered mine as well and if you want to order it just search Carl out on Twitter, the fuller flavour. Definitely. And Romeo says Sunday is the Paul Mariner derby. Of course it is. Looking forward to that one. Joe, how are your, how are your feelings ahead of that one? Are you feeling a little bit more confident than you normally would be for a Sky game away at a playoff rival? Or are you still, maybe that Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday results sort of knocked a bit of stuffing out of this? Sky just, Sky games just don't bother me personally. I just think that it's just, it's just another game. It, it doesn't add anything or take anything away from what I'm thinking about it. Mm. I think Plymouth are a good side, but I don't. I don't think there's many teams that are better than us in this league. And we'll go there. We'll we'll impose ourselves on them and see how we get on. And I'd be I'd be surprised if we lose. But if we do, we do. We'll still probably be in the top two if we do. But it just means we then got to come back and beat Portsmouth. But no, I I fully expect us to go out there and try and win that game. And I'd, I'd back us too every day of the week. Great stuff, Joe. Thank you very much for, for tonight. Enjoy the rest of your week, everyone. Thanks for joining us. And yeah, look out for, for the Plymouth pre-match show on Friday. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Upper Tower.
It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.